On a vacation in Tuscany, a Danish family instantly becomes friends with a Dutch family. Months later, the Danish couple receives an unexpected invitation. It doesn't take long before the joy of reunion is replaced with misunderstandings. That is the summary for Speak No Evil, a 2022 movie on Shudder. Welcome to Partners in Fright. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. This movie discussion might be a little bit more somber. Also, trigger warnings out the wazoo. Very violent film. Child abuse. Potential sexual abuse. I don't know. It's up in the air. Usually we sprinkle little tidbits of uh, humor and jokiness through it all. But I think what Devin said was accurate. This one's definitely going to be a more serious somber discussion yes so we're gonna do things a little bit differently i know devin usually takes the pilot seat on this one but i guess to put it lightly this movie affected her yes (laughs) very much so i'm gonna take the pilot seat on on this one so devin feel free to not jump in or jump in (laughs) wherever whenever it is completely up to you okay Okay, so as we said before, this is a Shutter original. It's about like an hour and a half long. I don't know about you, but right off the bat, I got a mixture of like Infinity Pool, Shining, Midsommar vibes. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a lot of people were comparing it to Hereditary as well. I could see that, yeah. I think there's like a common thread through all of those movies really mm-hmm. but i do agree in the beginning it felt a lot like infinity pool i think because of the i guess ominous music in the beginning there was just a lot of yeah. like tension unsettledness etc yeah oh i would also mix this up with um on netflix the invitation with logan marshall green oh that's a good one to compare it to yeah yeah unsettled that's a great word this whole movie, if you <laughs> if you want to watch something that from the very first shot is completely unsettling and there is just this sense of unease or terror literally throughout the whole movie, this is going to be it. I'm not very squeamish for stuff. A lot of stuff doesn't get me. But even the last 15 minutes of this movie, it made my stomach flip. Did you have any, any other thoughts you want to get out there? We're good to go. No, I think we can dive in. Okay. So we open up on an inside shot of the car driving on a twisty dirt road at night uh, with definitely ominous music. Uh, We have a couple. uh, They park their car and we see them the next morning at a resort by the pool and they have a daughter by the name of Agnes. And I think the father, yeah, the father's name was Bjorn and the wife is Louise. So they go to a dinner party where they're seated at this long table and we learn that they're in Tuscany. Uh, They get like after dinner entertainment. I don't even remember the entertainment exactly. I think it was like a band. Just like music. Yeah. Like, okay. That was the other thing with Infinity Pool. Opened up with like a resort. Then you had this band and like you said, ominous music. Oh, I totally forgot about the band in the beginning of Infinity. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, Bjorn sees someone from his balcony that night, but this person quickly disappears. Um, And there is definitely some shaky cam going on here. So the dad goes to get Agnes's rabbit by the name of Ninus. Is it Ninus? Ninus? I don't know. There's a couple. You could definitely tell it's it's a Dutch film and we had the subtitles on and I was trying to catch on how they're pronouncing this specific name yeah a lot of it was either in danish or in dutch mm. or both our first dutch film nice never again <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we'll get to that so this couple that they meet we learn that their names are karen and patrick and they have a son named abel who kind of has difficulty speaking uh seems definitely very shy when they first meet him Um, And they recognize them from the resort that they're staying at. And then Patrick was the one who, he gave this speech the night before at the dinner party. You know, I wasn't sure who like the main couple was going to be. 
At first, I thought Bjorn and his wife were just like, you know, some movies they introduce just bystanders and then they lead you into the main. I wasn't sure if we were following Bjorn or if we we were following Patrick. A third party perspective. Right. So in a bit, we learn that Patrick is a doctor and they share some stories about cultural differences and similarities between the Dutch and... Danish. Danish, yeah, thank you. And so they sit together at dinner that night, and there's instant camaraderie, it seems like. They're laughing and drinking and just enjoying each other's company. Yeah, they got along really well. It seems like Patrick is like constantly complimenting them in some way, talking them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem flattered by both of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that's pretty much it with this resort. We just get that quick little like couple shots of like their relationship between those two couples. Bjorn and Luis, they return home and they get a postcard from Patrick and Karen uh, inviting them to the Dutch countryside. Um, And I think it was a couple months, right? It's time was kind of weird in this. I didn't... Yeah, time had passed because I think their postcard was like, it's been a while since we met, but we wanted to invite you. The, The first shot of them in their apartment, I thought they were still at the resort. There, there was I no indication too. that time has yeah. passed or they actually went home. It took yeah. me a while to realize that. They didn't actually show them leaving, which was, I guess it was weird, but it also just kind of lent itself to this just sense of unease. Like you didn't really know what was going on at times. Yeah, I guess it would add like another layer of being unsure or something unknown. Bjorn and his wife, they they talk over the invitation and accepting Patrick's request with some other friends that they have dinner with, they realize that the drive would only be eight hours. They talked about, it seems like they go on vacation. They do really well for themselves. And I think Louise said that they've flown like two or three times that year already. Yeah. So they were kind of on the fence about it. And there's a <laughs> there's a bunch of examples, especially in the beginning of the film, where they seem like they're kind of on the fence and had they made just one decision differently, it would have been a very different film. So it seems like Bjorn is more on board than Louise, which I, I think we'll get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Like he seems like he needs some like spice in his life, essentially. Um, right. And Louise is pretty satisfied and she, I think, thinks it's a little strange to get a postcard, but in like inviting them to go stay with strangers Mm -hmm. and apparently i was looking up some of the trivia and the filmmakers said that this was inspired by something that actually happened to him that he was on like holiday and he met a couple and then they invited him to come and stay with them and he thought better of it and was like this is kind of weird like these are strangers i don't know them and then Mm -hmm. that's kind of where the story came from of like well, what if it was kind of dark? Like, what if things did take a turn if I went on that trip? Right. But Bjorn seems kind of like enamored by Patrick. Just, oh, yeah. Like, God he's gosh. very charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He Big wants time. to be bros with him. So he really wants to go. Yeah. I think the tagline for this movie would be called, What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I think their friends literally say that to them. There's a couple of times where something like that happens. It's like, Oh, what's the worst that can happen? Just, you know, different variations of that saying. So obviously Bjorn is very gung-ho about this and they make the decision to make the drive. They arrive in Holland um, and they get a tour. Agnes has a really small bed in Abel's room uh, that she's very unimpressed with. Bjorn and his family seem, they live in a very like modern lifestyle, something that's not, I don't want to say sanitized, but definitely clean. I mean, they look like, more well-off than Patrick and Karen. Yeah. Even Patrick and Karen's house looked kind of cool. It's It looked like it this was more little... like cottage-like. Oh, yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. And I think it's important to mention Patrick did tell them that he's a doctor. So they were like kind of impressed by that fact as well. Right. And I don't know if they saw it off the bat with this house, but it didn't seem as nice as Louise and Bjorn's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, I kept thinking of, um, like when you go on Zillow and you see all these like manicured pictures of houses and their stainless steel refrigerators, but then you go to tour the actual house and it's not 
up to par or like not what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. So you get to the house and even who is it? Bjorn or Luis was like, oh, the look on their face was very not what I was expecting a doctor would. You know? Yeah. So Luis gives Karen and Patrick some coffee cups from Denmark that clearly Karen is not very impressed. She is a very sour puss look. Yeah, and it's like, okay, if you don't get... Because there were mermaids on the cup, and mermaids are... Right, the little mermaid. Yeah, very entrenched in Danish culture and stuff. So I thought it was a touching... It wasn't just a coffee cup. It was a coffee cup from their own country. You know. Yeah, what I mean? and that's what she was kind of trying to explain to her, but Karen just right. looked unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, the actors are phenomenal. Just their body language alone... You get all these little glimpses throughout the movie, especially like in this example, Karen gets a gift and she's like, oh, thank you. That's not what I thought a normal <laughs> common person would have a reaction to. Just something feels off with this couple, this family, this house. You just can't see it. It just feels like it's oozing, oozing <laughs> yeah. through, the, uh, through the TV. So Patrick goes exploring a bit. Uh, and he gets startled by Abel, uh, and I think he there's like a a guest house it looks like, and he's snooping and and poking around, and he notices Abel's behind him, and he, it startles him a bit. And then Abel opens up his mouth, and he points to his mouth. And if <laughs> at first I thought he was choking, I thought but, it was like there was a demon inside there, right? Like wriggling around, and it looked. But he like, actually just didn't have a tongue. Have yeah he yeah he that's right he just had no tongue it looked like an alligator have you ever seen an alligator open their mouth no they'll use their tongue to block off their esophagus oh okay and it looks like there's there's nothing there that's essentially what it what it looked like so this kid is sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i remember i saw a trailer for a movie and i have no clue what it was called i think it was a trailer in the beginning of sinister oh my god this is all flooding back we rented sinister together i don't know if it was from netflix or if this was blockbuster era but well it was me you and my mom so it was definitely like netflix era but we put on sinister and i had never seen it before and the trailers were running and it this Mm -hmm. film had this i think he was a kid and he was looking in the mirror and i'm remembering some kind of box like the movie was like a box i don't know if it was like a metaphorical pandora's box opening but the kid was looking in the mirror and he like opened his mouth and there was like a hand in his throat oh yeah i had a full-blown anxiety attack about that movie (laughs) oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah and i couldn't even watch sinister after i saw the trailer i was like i need a break so but anyway that's what this reminded me of so next we hear abel crying from his room and it sounds like a an odd muffled moaning crying. Uh, so the couples, they're in the living room and it looks like, I think they're having wine. They're just drinking, yeah. I believe. And it looks like they're chit-chatting. And Patrick explains to Bjorn and Luis that Abel was born uh, without a tongue and he called it congenital aglossia. Aglossia. Anglossia. Anglossia. Which is like, ooh, he's whipping out the medical term, Yeah, so. just to give like some proof that he is indeed a doctor. Clearly, the way we're talking about this, uh, <laughs> spoiler, yeah. he's did you, not. Did you look it up? Is that an actual thing? I think it is, yeah. Okay. I, I can Google right now. Google, Google. If we have any doctors yep. that are listeners. Oh, it is. A th- it is, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, he explained that people who suffer from that have either like a partial tongue or no tongue at all. It's supposed to ease the minds a little bit of Bjorn and Louise. But right, he's crying, and they're basically saying, like, oh, he has trouble communicating, obviously. You can tell Luis is just like, no. Well, yeah, it, yeah. From, she <laughs> From act one of this whole She movie. at least has some kind of gut feeling intact, while her husband is just a fucking idiot. I looked up a ton of, like, reviews and stuff on this movie, and everyone is so pissed at this character's... Uh, I like. I feel like I have a lot to say. Right. <laughs> uh, they have their little like dinner party, or not dinner party. They have their own little like drinking party, um, and they they go to bed. And Agnes, she couldn't sleep. I'm assuming it's from like the crying. Yeah, because they were situated in the same room. So yeah, and Agnes just had this little like cot on the floor, and the room looked really small already. I couldn't believe they had two kids in there, or now they have two kids in there. Um, but she she couldn't sleep, so she 
goes to the room that her parents are in. She sleeps in in their bed. Uh, the next day they go out and I think they go to like a park or they're at a slide and Agnes wants to go down the slide, but Abel's in the way and he doesn't move. And Patrick kind of pulls him roughly aside and yells at him to apologize. And then this causes Louise later to go up to Bjorn privately and say, I'm not comfortable being here. Yeah. Uh, I want to leave. I don't find them pleasant to be around. And Bjorn's like, you'll survive. We only have a day and a half left. Like, whatever. Which I think is another line, like you were referencing earlier, that's like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That night, Karen asked them to come to dinner, like, on them. They want to invite them out. They're, like, happy that they're there. Karen hires Muhajid, which is the babysitter. And Louise thought that the kids and Agnes were joining them for dinner. Mm -hmm. And she clearly feels uncomfortable leaving Agnes. But Patrick is, like, ushering them to the car. Um, and Karen also explains that Muhajid doesn't speak any English and is a cheap babysitter. <laughs> so then yeah. they, like, literally, like, shove them out the door with that in mind. Uh, like, oh. They're so mad. Like, I agree with all the commenters, like, being angry at this movie. And I right. think people are pissed at this movie, too, for, like, I don't know, being unrewarding. They're like, oh, my God, I, like, waited the entire movie and for, like, this last scene. And, I mean, I agree. I had those same critiques about Possum. But, I mean, mm -hmm. to be honest, I feel like this was more well done. There was a lot more tension that was being set up. Anyway, that's the, besides the point. But, like, right here. Like, I would not fucking leave my kid with this strange man. Like, let me get that off the bat. Like, even a woman. You know what? I'm not even going to I'm not even gonna bring the men into this yet because everybody heard me go off about the men during Wounded Fawn. Well, you're going to get more of it. So, sorry. <laughs> but, I, I, like, I wouldn't leave my kid alone with some stranger. Like, let alone you're already in a stranger's house. And yeah, now you're they, leaving with them with, like, a double stranger. They did, like, an unsure... I'm sure this was the intention, but a half-assed confirmation of this guy as a babysitter because it shows a little two-second scene of... Like, him the, playing with them. And doing, like, a little magic trick and Agnes is laughing. Like, bullshit. Yeah. Oh, good. We're on the same page. So they go to this dimly lit bar and no one else is there except for the bartender. And did this recall any memory for you y'all ain't from around here are you oh my god joe and i went to this bar <laughs> with a strange couple it was basically like we kind of like blind dated another couple to make like friends and we went to a bar that was halfway in between us and in my defense i picked the bar and it had great <laughs> reviews on yelp <laughs> and uh we got there it looked exactly like this dive bar. There was no mm -hmm. one else there except for like maybe two regulars at the bar. Um, they yeah. had food, but it was like not a place you'd want food from. And I think there was like a karaoke area set up. For sure. And just like wooden picnic tables that were covered in like cheap tablecloths. And that was like the seating area. Yeah. <laughs> and when we like got the beers, um, I think, was it one of the guests who said that to us? I think it was the bar. It was literally a, an iteration of like, y'all ain't from around here, are you? And we were like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to leave. <laughs> I will never forget that. Oh, God. I can't believe we didn't die. So Patrick starts arguing a bit with Louise about her pescatarianism, even though he complimented her previously on it when they were in Tuscany. And then they all get a bit drunk. They start smoking, dancing. The bar's still completely empty. Patrick and Karen are a bit more, like, romantic. Very public PDA. They're grinding. They're having a grinding party. Well, I guess the P in PDA is public, so it's just PDA. Yeah. Even though the, I guess the bartender is the only, like, stranger there. Louise and Bjorn are a bit uncomfortable and they stare at them a bit. And then they seem honestly uncomfortable just in general in their relationship. Like they don't, yeah. they don't touch. We don't see them kiss ever. Like they go out to dinner together when they're on vacation, but they're not like lovey dovey. They're not holding hands. They're not. Yeah. We don't see any affection between I mean, them. They fuck later, but yeah. But even that gets weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Patrick makes a comment 
about someone having like a really good time when he gets the bill and Bjorn offers to like pitch in, but Patrick makes no move to split the bill, even though Karen like invited them to dinner. And then Bjorn kind of questions like, so dinner's on us then? And Patrick's like, yeah, (laughs) thanks, 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 dude. (laughs) That was the first time I was like, he's not a doctor. Yeah. So the next scene, we have Patrick driving back um, and he's intoxicated and he's playing this music insanely loud. Uh, and you can easily tell that Luis is very irritated and she's also really nervous and concerned about Patrick's driving. He's kind of like swerving back and forth and Bjorn is, he's trying to like play it cool, I guess. He's like nervously laughing and- Yeah, he's got some like stupid ass bro code thing going on where he's like smiling at Patrick and then like looking over at his wife and being like, it's cool, it's cool. Kind of like reassure her that everything's okay. I mean, to me, it felt like completely invalidating where like she's yelling at him to turn the fucking music off. And at this point, I was wondering, where's the line for Bjorn? Well, we learned that he doesn't even have a fucking line. Uh, That that is true. Oh, my God. Um, So they they eventually get home after some weirdness in the car. Luis finally screams and speaks up and... Patrick turns down the down the music, but they get home and they find that uh, both kids are passed out and asleep uh, in the room. So Luis goes to take a shower. You see somebody like you see their shadow come into the bathroom up against like the shower door. And by the look on her face and her reaction, we presume that this is Patrick and not Bjorn who comes in. He's like moving back and forth. You could tell he's brushing his teeth. And then at one point, it seems like he walks right up to the glass door and just stands there for a little bit. And I felt like I was frozen with Luis. I was just waiting for something. Oh, yeah. Something I felt to... like wildly uncomfortable during this scene. Up to this point, I'm still waiting for jump scares because I thought this is what that kind of movie was. Right. And there are no, <laughs> there's not really any jump scares. Um, but anyways, he finishes brushing his teeth and he he exits the bathroom and then we have Luis. she gets in the in the room right after the shower and bjorn's on the bed and he's i think he's reading a a book so they start to initiate sex and then they hear so clinical of you i was gonna say coitus just to (laughs) bring out the the doctor terms but to be fair they were kind of clinical about it yeah it seemed very like Step one, step two, let's They do definitely it. have ABC sex. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of uh, passion there between them. Um, but they hear Agnes calling for them to <laughs> to come into their room. She was crying a bit, uh, but they ignore her. Yeah, they don't fucking do anything. Yep. Oh, my God. I don't know who can just ignore their child crying. Like In if a stranger's house. If you're having sex, they were in the middle of having sex and they just ignored her. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you block that out and like continue doing that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So in the midst of this, uh, there's like a, it's like a window next to the door where the hallway is, but the window is kind of like, um, not tempered, but. What's that like kind of privacy glass that's like, it looks wavy. Yeah, I was just going to say wavy. Okay. I don't know. Wavy glass. Uh, <laughs> but you see Patrick, he walks by and he stares and he makes eye contact with Bjorn. And I think this is the moment that Bjorn falls in love with Patrick. Oh my God. I, <laughs> and he just, he kept going. And then Patrick, he moseys on down to, to his bedroom. He's like having sex with his wife and he's like, oh my God, Patrick. Also, I just realized... Patrick was walking from the direction of the kid's bedroom after Agnes was calling for them. Well, yeah, we learn during the next scene when Louise wakes up in the middle of the night and goes to find Agnes that she's not in the bedroom with Abel, but is in the bed with Patrick and Karen. And they are butt ass naked. And she's just like, she's clothed. But she's just mm-hmm. sleeping on the edge of the bed. And that made my stomach hurt. It hurts talking about it. Yeah, I instantly was like, nope, fuck that. I would have been out of there so quick. And to be fair, she does do that. Like, she yeah. grabs her daughter. She wakes up Bjorn. And she's like, we're out of here. They pack up their shit. They drive off. And then Abel watches them from the window. Their daughter forgets their her fucking rabbit again. Oh, my God. Buy her a new one. And you know what? 
her mom is says that she's like we'll buy you a new one it's fine and she's like starting to cry and then her dad like looks at her in the rearview mirror and then it turns the car around what the fuck like hold boundary with your children my god i don't know if louise just like poorly communicated what happened in that bedroom but like i mean i I would understand like not wanting to be able to like talk about it or like say the words after after it had happened yeah but like if you started to turn that car around i would have been like you either get the fuck out (laughs) or you turn the car back around because there's no way that we're going back there yep i feel like this was the point of no return but then there's like seven other points of no returns after this i don't know and he like (laughs) just doesn't i mean that's the whole point of the movie people are like so mad about all the decisions that they're making but like that is the literal point of the movie that they're pushovers they don't know how to hold boundaries they're like basically toxic people pleasers like they can't say no yeah he had no sense of urgency no at all And he, like, wants to play the hero here. He's got some, like, machismo complex going on where he's like, mm-hmm. I'm the dad. I got to be the hero. I'm going to go back and get... Couldn't <laughs> 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 go back and get that bunny back in the box. <laughs> I said put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> you know, I know there's definitely a difference, but Devin knows I am a people pleaser. I will admit and I can see that there are faults to my people pleasing and i have spent time working (laughs) on that and you know seeing that in like my actions that i do daily but this is beyond i do think that like half of it is like kind of the scary part like i feel like most people are watching this film and being like never like never in a million years would i ever be caught in a situation like this i would speak up i would do something i would get out of it but you never know yeah you never know and you could always freeze. Like we've talked about me being a freezer before. Yeah. Like you could totally freeze I during feel, any of these situations. But feel, at the same time, I'm sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. At the same time, there's no way. And honestly, like I'm too much of an introverted person to ever accept like a fucking invitation like this. I right, would never. Right. Because I'm the one sitting here thinking, what if these people are murderers? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And knowing me, I'd be like, Hey, they were nice. <laughs> yeah. They're not murderers. <laughs> You're like, I got a crush but, on this guy, Patrick. But here's the thing. I'd be too lazy to drive eight hours. There are people who would make some of these decisions, and there's other people who would make other decisions that this couple has made. I feel like this is the most unfortunate couple ever. They just happen to make the wrong decisions at the no, dude, I like, strongly disagree. Really? Happen to make the wrong decisions? No. Like, mm, there's a point where this is all on them. Yeah, I'm saying up to that point. Okay, like I, I could And get I would past... say the point is finding your kid in a bed with... No, that. like, I don't know. I think the point is when Louise went up to her husband and said, I feel uncomfortable being here, I'd like to leave, and he completely invalidated her, because like... I agree that happened, but there are plenty of, especially men out there who would still make the same decision right then that Bjorn did. Yeah, and that's shitty. It and is. And like, no one deserves that. And no so, one like, does, but people make F those decisions. F in their marriage. Yeah. No, like, I, that's what I'm saying, though, that there's a point where this is, like, not, like, happen chance. Like, he made that decision, he made his bed, now he's lying in it. I wipe my hands of, like, feeling bad for them at that point when he just like completely disregarded his wife. But I agree, like the other line would be finding your kid. So I think with the rest of the movie, we're just gonna like fast forward a bit. We're gonna like keep it easy breezy. Okay. Sum it up because after this part, like I feel, I felt so sick. Right. Seeing that and right. like- You want me to uh No, I like- beats? I think I talk faster than you, so it's good. We'll just. I, I, I don't talk. I talk fast. <laughs> Is this Forrest Gump again? <laughs> no. All right. I will sit back and, and let you take the wheel. Okay. So he turns the car around. They get back to Patrick and Karen. Bjorn's 
goes into the house. Agnes finds the fucking bunny in the back seat. My God. <sighs> yeah. Then Agnes, or I'm sorry, Louise is like, all right, we'll stay in the car. I'm going to go tell your dad that we found the bunny. We're leaving. Louise walks into Bjorn explaining why they left without saying goodbye. And Patrick is like offended. He's shocked. Um, Bjorn explains like it's the bed. And then like a fucking idiot looks over Louise like, can you back me up on this, honey? Right. Oh, my God. He's like, oh, the bed's a little bit small. And then they list out some like reasonable things, minus finding Agnes in their bed while they're like naked. And then Karen gives some counterpoints, and then Louise brings up them sleeping next to their daughter naked. And Karen's like, where were you? Which is my question, too. Yep. And they're like, today's going to be a great day. Please stay. No. Why? Like, honestly, wouldn't it be so awkward if you stayed after having this conversation? For sure. I don't understand this at all. So Louise and Karen stay together. Patrick and Bjorn take a drive. They, like, sing together. They get groceries together. They have this, like, whole conversation that reminded me of a wounded fawn all over again. (laughs) Because Bjorn is like, I have this wild, powerful part of myself inside my chest. And, like, I kind of like it. But at the same way, I try to feel like I need to stifle it because there's too many rules in society. And it's like, oh, my God. like Kind of preachy cut your like male bullshit like i don't <laughs> care and joe was like silently laughing because after like they they have this like screaming match together in the middle of nowhere um and then they come home and they like go swimming like a couple of bros and i just turned to joe and i'm like i'm so fucking sick of men i'm so sick <laughs> of it too. like <laughs> can i change sides <laughs> i hate i hate it oh my god Literally in my notes, I say I'm so fucking tired of men. I'm sorry. I'm sure that if you're a guy and you're listening, you're probably a nice guy. (laughs) Louise cuts herself pretty badly. And then this is the point where Patrick confesses that he's not a doctor and he's unemployed and he doesn't believe in working. You know, I thought that it was so she cuts herself and he takes a look at her finger. And then I think it's Bjorn is like, oh, well, good thing there's a doctor in the house. And then Patrick's like. He smiles and real quickly, just nonchalantly, he's like, oh, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I thought this was going to be like every other movie where here I go like, wait, you're not a doctor? Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I am a doctor. And just kind of played off as a little like slip of the tongue. But nope. He's like, no, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I made that up. It felt so natural for him just to like say that lie. Like, like oh, it's just lied. breathing. Yeah. You know? So they start talking about like cheese and... <laughs> Karen uh, is telling Agnes to like do something and then Louise gets like pissed at her about it and then at this point I guess the entire ending in the movie and I also want to say at this point when I guess the ending of the movie it didn't affect me as badly as the actual ending of the movie did I mean since I guessed it here I might as well I was like they cut out kids tongues and they take them from their parents yeah and that's it So now that we know the end, let's just keep going. Oh, this part I kind of laughed at, though. I was trying to use humor as a coping mechanism during most of this movie, and it worked successfully up until the last 15 minutes. Yeah. But the kids are performing for their parents, and it's like a little dance, and Patrick pretends that he's on an episode of Dance Moms as Abby Lee Miller because (laughs) he starts directing Abel um, really aggressively about his poor dancing. And this was really funny besides the fact that he starts abusing his child. Well, it's not his child, I guess, but I don't even know how to reconcile that one. And he throws his new coffee cup with the mermaid on it. Bjorn actually stands up during this scene and he argues that Abel's only a child. And he literally is like, why can't you just fucking let him dance? (laughs) (laughs) It becomes a musical at that point. I found it weird that this was the boiling point for Bjorn. Wait, and standing then... Standing up... Sorry. <laughs> wait, and then Patrick says, oh, that wasn't dancing. <laughs> like, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you have tears in your eyes right now. I found it odd that they chose this to be Bjorn's stand. I mean, I think everything up until this point, you could potentially pass off, minus finding their daughter in bed with them, that I don't know how they're getting over that in their brains like i don't know how they're okaying that 
But besides the fact they chose to stay, so let's keep going with that. I think it's because he's, like, literally seeing Patrick abuse a child in front of him. And he's like, I'm going to stand up for what's right. But then doesn't. Louise gets upset. She goes outside and, like, needs to get air. And then he follows her out there. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, they don't leave. They don't say anything. Well, yeah, Louise is, like... So Agnes follows them out as well, and then Louise tells Bjorn to take Agnes inside. She doesn't want to see her like this. And then Bjorn, kind of like a trained puppy, is just like, okay, and he takes Agnes and goes right back inside. Right, like taking your child back inside where there's like two other parents who are abusing maybe currently their child. Right. I don't know. Frustrating. (laughs) They're getting ready for bed, and I'm like, wasn't it one more day? But I guess they meant one more night. I don't know. And then Patrick continues to assert his dominance by pissing in the bathroom while Bjorn is brushing his teeth. Then Bjorn hears uh, him yelling at Abel that night. Uh, this is the part where it kind of all goes to shit. So he goes into that like guest house. He finds their like sneaky murder cabinet, I guess, mm-hmm. where they have photos and of- Suitcases and- yeah, uh, yeah, all different kinds of families. They have a different kid in every single picture. I don't know if they're going on multiple vacations a year, but I mean, there are way too many photos in there judging by how old they were to like make it make sense, you know? Like they were doing this multiple times a year, I think. I have a, I have a theory on how they were able to do this. Okay. But yeah. And then he goes out, he finds Abel face down in the pool. They sneak out again without saying goodbye. A car passes him while he's driving, and he goes to get gas. There's a car pulled off to the side of the road once he gets out of the gas station. The car turns on its lights as he's pulling off, and it's following him. Mm -hmm. And he starts getting really panicky, and he turns off onto a dirt road. But the other car just keeps going. The car gets stuck. This was all avoidable. He sees a house in the distance. He goes to call for help. Um, Meanwhile, Patrick is watching from afar. Bjorn basically swims in a moat and hops a fence to get to this house, but it's, like, abandoned. And I have a theory that this is actually Karen and Patrick's house. I don't know. It seemed like a... Like he just did a big circle. I don't know. It seemed, like, too convenient for, like, Patrick to, like... It seemed like Patrick knew the area or something. Mm -hmm. But he basically said he was going to go call for help at this house up ahead. He gets back to the car. There's no Louise or Agnes. Patrick rolls up. Karen is in the car with Agnes and Louise and... Patrick's like, do what we say, and it'll be fine. I wrote, Bjorn contemplates stealing the car, but he must have shoved down that wild and free side inside of him because he doesn't do shit. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly sum up the end of the movie because this is like- Do you want me to? Very not cool. Nope. Basically, Muhajid pulls up. They wrestle in the backseat a little bit and Karen and Patrick cut out Agnes's tongue. Muhaji takes her away and then they drive Louise and Bjorn to this like clearing and then stone them to death, which honestly, good riddance. Fuck those people. I hate them. (laughs) I... No one deserves... Almost no one deserves death. I don't think they do, but I think... A, I'm so mad at them. I don't care. I know. But I think in a parallel universe, had they got out of there, they might have offed themselves. But I don't know. The last 15 minutes of this are a very difficult watch. We had no idea what we were getting into. Because when the movie started, I looked at, up the trigger warnings and I all it says is just children violence. There's- well, you know what? I'm sorry. I did make the same mistake that Louise and Bjorn did because I was like, what's the worst that can happen when Joe said <laughs> yeah. that there was like child abuse? And yeah. I was like, fully prepared. Clearly not. But I'm trying to make light of this. This last scenes were I did not do well with them. We watched this movie like a week ago. They are completely burned in my mind. I get so viscerally upset when I think about it. It's so hard. Yeah. For for people who are interested in watching this, these last 15 minutes, I, like I said before, I'm pretty desensitized to a lot of stuff. And obviously you had more of a reaction or this hit you harder than it did me. 
this still is really disturbing. But I would put this on like a level with uh, Irreversible or uh, Antichrist or even a Serbian film, sort of. So just be really weary if you want to check this one out. Like, in, it's incredibly graphic, which I think maybe that's why I glossed over the warnings in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we've seen shit happen to kids before in movies. Like... I mean, we watched The Last of Us, and I was completely... I mean, I love that show. I would watch it again. I mean, it's not to say that it doesn't affect me, but, like, this was very graphic and violent. And I think in trying to just get to the end of the movie, we glossed over the, I think, iconic line. And Bjorn asks, why are you doing this? And Patrick just says, because you let me. Which... I think somebody's been watching The Strangers a little bit too much, but... Why are you doing this? Because you were home. Yeah. And people who are, like, angry at the entire film and, like, why would they let... Like, people are like, I would die in that car. And I mean, I agree. I would die in that car before. And, and, like, they they didn't even fight back. I Like, I can't even tell which part is the most traumatizing part of that car scene. All of it's going to be burned in my mind. Bjorn gets punched a couple of times by Patrick. Yeah, and but I he... mean, I would I would have gone absolutely fucking feral in that car. Yeah, I mean, I would have been biting ears off, and they don't do anything. Nothing. They don't do a goddamn thing. Yeah, and then they just sit there. They don't even try to get out of the car. I mean, I guess in that instance, I can argue it away with like shock. They're in shock, but. Yeah. I mean, they're not even trying to go after their daughter while she's, like, being pulled away to this other car. Like, Luis tried for the door, and it was locked, but I would have been kicking the window. I would have been grabbing the steering wheel, doing whatever <laughs> to yeah. get out. And, yeah, it's it, it's going to hit people a little differently, too, especially I mean, if you have children that's... Yeah. yeah, I think, like, 100%, if you are a current parent or, like, if you have young kids around the kids... That, like, around the ages the kids are on the movie, mm-hmm. I think it'll impact you a lot harder than maybe your kids are grown out of the house. But I don't think any movie, uh, the only movie that I can think of that came close to, like, a- impacting me this viscerally was um, It Comes at Night, which they don't even show anything Yeah, in that. And But I was pregnant at the time, so that was kind of, like, a <laughs> dead giveaway that I was going to be very upset by it. Uh, like, I feel angry and just, like, sad whenever I think about this movie. Yeah. Despite all that, the, the movie did its job. <laughs> like, the writers specifically wrote those lines to make you feel a certain way for those characters. And those actors were, like, magicians. And they made those words come to life. Some film's goal is to make you laugh. Some are to tell a story of like a killer clown at a fast food joint this one just so happens to be just fucking brutal and unforgettable and it's not a bad movie it's a very effective heart-punching movie yeah i really struggled with my rating on this one i mean it's a horror movie like it, it honestly did its job I think this is where we get to like a bit of the somber aspect of the recording because ugh, to say that this movie like impacted me really heavily, like I don't even want to watch any new horror movie right now. The thought of it after seeing this is just like terrifies me. It's like hard having this movie in the back of my mind where like dropping my kids off somewhere and like thinking about it and not feeling like they're safe. And if you're thinking, wow, Devin, like if you're having this much of a reaction mentally to a horror movie, maybe you shouldn't be watching them, which I agree. I've had that same thought. So we maybe or may not be taking a hiatus right now just because I don't want to watch anything else. (laughs) But the last two weeks, we've had pre-recorded episodes. So um, if you're hearing this, then you're like kind of three weeks ahead of where we Mm -hmm. are right now. Um, So we're giving ourselves a little bit of a break, even though it doesn't seem that way to you guys. And then hopefully by the time three weeks rolls around, we can figure something out if I feel 
okay enough to watch another movie. This feels like very heavy and very like dramatic, but I mean, I can't really level with it with our listeners, I guess. Like, I mean, Joe knows obviously, but I can't like level with it with you guys any more than to say like this fucked me to my core. It was an awful movie. <laughs> it like in the in a good way? I don't know. Like not in a good way. Clearly, I'm not okay. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I mean. It's a horror movie that like did its job, right? Like if this is what you want out of horror, it delivered. I saw a comment that said this movie was so good. It made my whole week shit, <laughs> uh, which is accurate. My whole yeah. week has been shit, but I don't do you have a rating? I didn't even know. <laughs> I I did not have one written down. I'm just going to kind of go with it. <laughs> I would say this is one of the scariest movies I've seen just in pure content and it's something that could legitimately happen and i think that's why it's so oh yeah like (laughs) it takes your core and it fucking just shakes it although i will say realistically i'm sorry to cut you off that's okay like realistically they would get caught like there's no way like this is very fantastical in the sense that it could be like actual murderers because they did this to way too many people you know which I guess makes me feel a little bit better. But like Joe said, you know that there's real monsters out there. And this is like a very good reminder that people do fucked up shit like this. Yeah. Maybe not like this specifically, but you know, more realistic than um, killer llamas from outer space. (sighs) Uh, Sorry, guys, if you listen to the last one and now you're like (laughs) listening to this. (laughs) My theory uh, is... It doesn't always end in death. I believe they are, they traffic children and they get paid. Oh, that's worse. I know. Yeah. That's my. Get the fuck out of here with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's my theory on how they can afford and travel and not get caught. And yeah, it's fucking disgusting. But. All right. What's your rating? Um, (sighs) I have one. Eight out of 10. And I fucking hate that I gave it that. At least we got something good out of this episode. <laughs> Did we have the same yeah, rating? Yeah, it's going to do 8 out of 10. I, I feel sick giving that rating, I honestly. Like, the graphicness aside, the entire lead up to you know, the last part of the movie is, like, I mean, it's great. It's very effective, like we said. The only thing that I will not forgive it for is being so brutally violent and graphic at the end. I feel like we've definitely seen more gory it's because it's it's a kid that's why yeah um i just have some like last minute things here so this movie is the embodiment of anxiety and i want to know what is dutch for the word uncomfortable the whole movie i felt huh that's kind of weird yeah something's not right here okay i'm getting freaking weirded out now i'm very uncomfortable okay something really fucking bad is going to happen around the corner uh also never explore a house that's not yours at night and never fucking separate i have a beautiful solution to the entire film which is just teach your kids sign language that's it problem solved not a lot of people know sign language you'll know a little like cue that something's not guess what if we leave on a hiatus i'll give you something to do in the meantime Oklahoma, I think it's like Oklahoma School for the Deaf, is having free ASL classes online. You can sign up for their course one and course two. And I signed up before this movie. I want to make that clear. (laughs) I signed up before this movie. But this movie has motivated me to actually open those courses and learn some. Uh, I think my last thing is I kind of laughed a little bit when we saw the windmill when they went to that park, the juxtaposition between haunted, like ominous, eerie music, and then this giant, like squeaky windmill—I don't know why—I just found that oh, yeah. like funny. I put it in my notes that it was like a scary windmill, <laughs> even though it wasn't scary. Yeah. Um. All right. So we both gave it a eight out of ten. You can find this on Shutter if you want to watch it. Like I said, the director, the writer, the actors—all unbelievable. Just serious trigger warning for the content, especially the last 15 minutes of this movie. I have a tough stomach and it's still flipped. I mean, I, at the end. I guessed the ending in the movie and I was okay with continuing with the movie. And I deeply regret that decision because it is forever burned into my mind. And I don't know how long it'll take to get that out. 
So, yeah. And very sorry that we may be on a hiatus, but clearly we did it. We found the one, <laughs> folks. We found the one movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. It was my pick. It's not your fault. But I don't know. We've got three weeks until this recording comes out, so we'll kind of just keep checking in mentally. I mean, me personally, I'm saying we, but I mean the royal we. And I don't know. We'll figure something out at the end. And hopefully you guys are still willing to listen. I don't know. <laughs> it feels weird signing off. Uh, sorry, we can't really give you more than that. But oh, I'm just kind of proud that we got through recording I'm that. I'm very because proud that of was... you. I know that was <laughs> extremely tough. For yeah, you. that's that was a hard so let's, watch. Uh, let's unwind or play some Hogwarts and drink some tea. Oh, it's been nonstop Twilight movies, which Joe said that he wants to watch. So maybe new projects. I'm going to read. Well, he, okay, so he's going to read Twilight, <laughs> the first one. Yeah. But then we're going to have a movie marathon. So I'm like, new project for the podcast. <laughs> Rewatch all the Twilight movies and do an episode. Come on. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> that was a we'll see. I would like that on the record. <laughs> On the recorded record. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Check us out on Instagram at Partners and Fright Podcast or on Twitter at Fright Partners. And if we have like more updates, I guess, on the situation about <laughs> <laughs> watching and recording new movies, mm -hmm. uh, we'll post it there. And maybe, who knows, in three weeks, maybe everything will be totally fine and we don't need to make any of these disclaimers and a new episode will just come out next Tuesday. I don't know. It's a mystery. We'll see. Love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening and we love you. Bye.